Hi, everyone. Um, I'd like to welcome Councillor and Mayor Mike Cubbard to the Cornercast podcast. Uh, our topic for this podcast series is youth mental health and, you know, other important issues of relevance to the city. I suppose just before we start and get into anything too heavy, how has the uh, lockdown been for you? Uh, thanks, Keen and Ashley, for having me as part of this uh, podcast. It's, it's certainly a very exciting um, um I suppose venture for yourselves in Cordonog, and I'm sure it will it'll it'll get an audience worldwide because I think people are interested in the topics you're looking to deal with. So I think it's very important, and they're very very um, topical at the moment. It's been a tough year for everybody. Um, how's my year been, or my my lockdown? It's been different. I suppose I've had the great honour of being mayor for for two years now, uh, and the first nine months or so were, were I suppose in normal times, where I was attending 15, 16, 17 events per week, uh, meeting hundreds of people. Uh, represent the city both at home and abroad at times and, and I suppose trying to get the best out of the role as I could as, as mayor for, for the year. Uh, then I had the great honour of being re-elected mayor last year which was I suppose uh, last June which was probably three or four months into the pandemic uh, and, and it, 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 it was different uh, to, be, to be very honest. The last 12 months has been quite difficult. Being the person I am I suppose I, I like to reach out and meet people and discuss the issues of the, of the day with communities in Galway and I'd started a number of projects, such as a, a walk a mile with Mayor Mike, where I was going out to, out to communities and walking around the local areas to see what issues they had. Uh, I mean, I fixed them all, but it's, it's very, very important that I knew what the issues were and I could bring those back to the relevant committees and chairpersons. That was obviously stopped when I couldn't be out meeting people in, the, in, in, in those circumstances. Again, I, I was in the middle of a schools project where I was traveling to every school in the city, to primary and secondary, to do, do a question and answer session with, with, with the children of Galway. Uh, my main aim of, as mayor was always to try and make sure I opened up the office of mayor to, to the young people of Galway. Uh, I think it's very important if young people have any aspiration to, to represent their community in politics, they need to know that the office of mayor is, is not out of reach as well. Uh, and certainly as somebody who's, I, I class myself still as, as young at 35, uh, I, I think I, I have a, a good relationship with the young people of Galway. It was very important to try and open up that door to my office to the, all the young people in Galway. So that school's project again was hampered when the schools closed up. So that was frustrating. So I had to adapt. Um, so you, you may have seen over the last 12 months, we, I, I kind of ran TikTok videos, competitions online and stuff that I'd probably never envisaged of doing. Uh, that, that, was, that was good crack, to be very honest. Uh, it, it got people engaged. Uh, and then I did a colouring competition where, where a lot of younger kids in primary school certainly entered that, where they sent me in. Uh, and the, the, the topic was Galway is. And that was all a simple, simple kind of open, open um topic and, and and i got i got dozens of responses back from young people about galway is and and in fairness the the, the color and 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 the the ideas that come forward were brilliant uh, I, I then asked the young people of galway to give me an idea of what their their plan for galway was post uh, covid uh, and i got back about maybe 20 or 30 suggestions of what we could do in the city to make it better when covid is gone uh, what i've done now with them is i've, I've put them into a, into a poster in a kind of a speech bubble for each one and that poster now hangs in the, in the mayor's room in City Hall and will be in City Hall forever today now with, where, where every mayor after me will, will, will serve their meetings and will meet people. That, that poster is there with the views and the, the interests of the young people in Galway in the year 2020. Uh, and then I suppose one final part that I had to adapt to was the older people of Galway. Yeah. Uh, there was a huge concern, of course, uh, with, with all the elderly people who were, who were, who were cocooning and were, who were, I suppose, isolated in many, many, many cases. So... Um, I, I started a letter writing with them back back just before Christmas. So I put out a call online for people to let me know if they had an elderly family or friend or neighbour who may need someone to contact, contact them. Uh, that was brilliant. I had over 400 people reach out to me. Uh, I wrote every letter, I suppose, individually to, to, to gear it towards each person, discuss their interests, discuss who they may be missing, discuss their family, 
Uh, it was more of a personal touch, just to make sure they knew me, uh, or they knew that I, as the mayor of the city, but also the people in general, were thinking of them as well at, at this tough time. So, I suppose there are a few ways I had to adapt. Um, was it was difficult because obviously, as I said, I'd rather be out there meeting people. That that couldn't happen. So I had to find new ways of engaging. Um, but but I think I think hopefully I've done that to some level of success. That's a lot, you know. Even with COVID, I mean, you know, you still got a lot done. And I mean, you know, like I think the thing with writing letters to older people is really great. I know my own grandparents were lucky; they only live, you know, they live in the city. But other people, you know, in different countries and all that kind of thing, it's not an option to be seeing them all the time. I think that's just, you know, really great. Yeah, and there was there was there was like one particular I suppose stands out. But there was a, a lady um, living in Atnacara, and her her son wrote to me from Birmingham. Uh, he hadn't been home in nine months. He couldn't travel home. Uh, he was her only son. He, he couldn't get back to, to see her, and obviously her grandkids were over over in the UK as well. Uh, and she was she was quite um, isolated and lonely for them. Uh, and just to write to her and let her know that I was thinking of them, and so were her family. Uh, think thinking of her. It was very important for her to get that. And, and she she rang me and she said. Um, that letter made her year that she knew somebody was thinking of her uh, at the tough time she was going through. So it's things like that, you know, that really, it does mean, it means an incredible amount of people. And I think that's, you know, really cool. Thank you. What is your thoughts on the impact of, of uh, COVID-19 for young people? I think it's been the toughest, um, what we had now, 15 months that young people have ever faced. Not alone did COVID kind of restrict movement of people within five kilometres for quite a while, but it also took away their education it, when schools closed. It took away their, I suppose, their activities when sports clubs had to close down and, and whether it be music or arts, all that stopped. Uh, and when you have a big bang like that, when everything stops together, of, of course, it's going to have a huge effect. By nature, human beings, we, we like to have some sort of a normality and some sort of a plan of what we're doing. And when that all stops and you're kind of left uh, at a cliff edge thinking, well, what's next? It's very, very difficult to do just to that. So I, I think young people in particular suffered uh, probably more than most uh, simply because I suppose, they, I suppose by definition young people are out and they're always out engaging with their friends and, and, and always out mixing and having the crack and doing what they do and mm-hmm. it's very hard to tell, tell young people that you have to stay within five kilometres and you have to keep doing that day in day out it, that was very very hard so I, I think young people suffered terribly in the last number of months and that's why I believe we, we, we cannot no matter what we do in the next number of weeks and months we cannot look and face into another lockdown because I don't believe that the mental strength is there within the, the young population in particular to go back to a stage where schools are closed clubs are closed sports clubs are closed arts clubs dance clubs etc I don't think we can go back to that stage again I suppose as we gradually reopen, uh, I, I have every confidence, but also, I suppose, uh, more hope than confidence that we don't go back to that stage because uh, I, I've seen firsthand the effect it's had on, on our younger generation and, and it's, 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 it's quite frightening. Yeah. Do you think it might have an impact in the future for young people, especially? It could do, but I think there's ways to prevent that. I, th- I think when you look at the, the supports that are there for young people in, in terms of mental health supports, whether it be people like Jigsaw or Spun Out or whatever groups, there, there are quite a number of groups across the, the city and county and across the country indeed who, you could, who people can reach out to. Uh, and I've always said this in the past where the more community-based supports we can deliver, the more chance that people engage with them. So I, I don't believe asking young people to cross over the city from east to west or west to east to access services is, is good enough. I think if, if, if services are, are, if we're going to be real about services and providing the mental health services to make sure young people aren't affected in the future, if we're real about that, we need to really stop talking about it and deliver. And that means having services within, say, for example, 
if you're living in the west side, make sure we have services there in the west side for you. If you're living on the east side of the city, make sure we have services on your doorstep in the east of the city. If you're living in Goa County, let's make sure we have services in the county for you and not, not having to assume that you'll travel into Goa City for those services. Because again, there is that, I suppose, barrier to break down too, where people at times will be anxious about, about accessing services. And, and the more accessible they are and the more, I suppose, easily obtained services are, the more chance people will use them. So I think we need to, we need to try, I suppose, to try and make sure we don't have issues in the future. Um, we have to make sure we get services in place in our communities, on the ground, uh, dealing with people uh, within the local areas. That's very important. Yeah. yeah. I know COVID changed a lot. And I mean, for yourself personally, as well as mayor, when you came into office, I mean, you couldn't have envisioned this kind of thing happening at all. As I, was, like, I know you touched on this already, but I mean, has it had, a, you know, an impact, obviously, in what you had planned as mayor? Yeah, like I suppose my, my, my plan, I had an idea at the start of the year to travel as to all the schools and, and, and open up dialogue in the schools. And I, I had great fun in some of the schools I was in at the outset. I, I did primary and secondary school and, and, and some of the questioning, the questioning I got um, so I went in there with an open, open book, asking, asking any question you like, and I'll answer it best I can. Some of the questions were brilliant in secondary schools, uh, really detailed and, 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 and I suppose on policy and on, and on the future of Galway City, real interest in the development of the city going forward. Uh, equally, in, in, in primary school, it was quite good fun where the older classes would have had similar good, good structured questions about policy in the future. And then go right back towards the, the smaller kids in primary school questions that come out were do you have a dog do you have a goldfish do you have a cat uh, but again it was just interacting because again I suppose I think back when I was in primary school I, I don't believe I could tell you now who the mayor was at the time I, and I, I don't believe the children of Galway should be able to not know who the mayor is I, I think people should be able to reach out and know well I've met the mayor like the mayor is no different to me the, the mayor is not up on a pedestal the mayor is a normal person and I should be able to associate with that person whether I'm 5, 15 or 25 everybody should be able to relate to the office of mayor so my idea was to have a tour of all the schools and then i suppose uh take one person from each school bring them into city hall into the council chamber amongst those students then one from each school elect a, a mayor of the day and, and, and run a meeting within city hall and discuss the issues that they would have raised with me in the schools around parks and playgrounds and and, and housing and everything else uh, that was the idea to get them engaged in that sense uh, obviously that that couldn't happen then because of obviously covid and I had an idea then, there was the, the, I, I had an invite in fairness from, from Brussels to bring that group over to Brussels uh, to, to, to visit the European Parliament. That obviously couldn't happen. So a lot of stuff where, I suppose, take away from me, I had a few ideas to open up doors for others, to, 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 again, particularly young people. And then unfortunately, I, I failed, I suppose, because of COVID. Uh, and that's one frustration I have as I, as I depart office. Yeah, I think like that going on to school things, I, to be honest with you, I, myself, I couldn't name any mayors come before. And I remember you had come to our school, I'm in St. Endes. Okay. I remember the uh, climate debate and I remember you were there and I thought that that was really great. I got to be there in the hall and watch it. And like that to me, I'll remember that forever. Like, you know, it was just really cool to have them come to us. And, you know, a topic that everyone in that room was particularly interested in with at the time, climate. Absolutely. I think, I think the biggest, biggest problem politicians have, have had, uh, I think we're, we're improving at it um, over the last number of years. We don't listen. I think it's very, it's, we have to be very, very honest with ourselves that we don't have all the answers and, and you get those answers and you get that knowledge by engaging with people. And, and I have no hesitation in standing in front of a room like, like we did in Salendas in front of a couple of hundred people, uh, students in particular, who, who have a passion and interest in the climate and the environment, as you said, and, and, and listen to them. And, and if a question comes to me, and I, I've often said this, and I, if a question comes to me and I don't know the answer, I'll say I don't know the answer. I, I don't 
pretend I know something that I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, there's an age-old saying we all learn every day. And, and if I go to a school and three or 400 children are telling me about the environment and climate change and so on, I, 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 I'll take from that. I'll learn from that. Yeah. You know, and, 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 that, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about, listening and learning and engaging. And, and then when I look out on that floor, then it's a dentist with a couple of hundred students. They are the councillors and the mayor of the futures. They, they, they'll have the confidence to go forward and represent their communities if they know that we, people will listen and engage with them as, as they get older. Yeah, I, it's just like, you know, when we were there, there were was, there was certain people who obviously read a lot into the topic and other councillors and, you know, members which, you know, hadn't known as much as they could. And I think it was really great just to see that whole group interact and discuss the topic. And I mean, like, it was no Claire Byrne live, but it was still really great to just be there. And, you know, in the same way, that, like, it was level, they were level with us, like, that they were engaging our topic. Absolutely, yeah. And I suppose what you had there that day, you had you had elected TDs, you had councillors, you had you had you had uh, candidates. And I think what's important too, again, I, I have a huge respect for democracy. And uh, whilst I don't agree with everybody on that stage politically, uh, I certainly respect their views, and that's very important as well. Because again, we don't all have all the answers, and it's very important that certainly with an issue such as the environment or, or, or the the climate change going forward, it's very important we listen to everybody because again, it's only as a collective that we'll we'll, we'll get the end result here. Uh, no, no one group is right. So I think by that that group that was at, on the stage that day in Zenendez, the, there was such a, a diverse group of politicians. I think it's very important that we all work together on, on such issues. And, and in the past, too, too often that the politics gets in the way of actual results. And that, that, that can happen in housing or health or every other place. But too often politics gets in the way. And that, that, that can't happen in such important issues such as climate change and environment. Yeah, I, to- I, I, mean, I totally agree. It's just something we can't ignore. I mean, you've had two years now as mayor as well. Is there any achievement which you're particularly proud of that stands out to you? I suppose I've, I've done quite a bit of work with the council executive on the, the waterways in Galway to make sure the waterways were as safe as possible. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously we, we, we have 15 kilometres of water in the city and it's quite hard to protect each and every uh, part of that. But I suppose I've worked closely with the executive on that to make sure we put in about 50 extra life buoys last year. And, and we changed the system where the life buoys on the river are now numbered. So if a person enters the water, whether by accident or, or, or otherwise, they, if a person calls that into the, the Garda station, they can tell them what number life buoy is nearest. So then the, the, the fire brigade and the Garda, you know where the person entered the water. So that system started last year and it works. I've, I've engaged quite a lot with the, I suppose the emergency services in particular, who, who were excellent in, in, in responding when somebody enters the water in Galway. And we, we've done that. We've, we've cleared back a lot of the, the kind of overgrowth and shrubbery that was in the way that was causing access issues for the fire station to enter the water. So, so again, you, you can't always get everything, everything done in the one go. But as that, that gradually moves forward, we are making improvements. I think some people come out to me and say, well, the simplest solution is put up a wall or a fence right around the water. But you, you, you can't realistically put a 15-kilometer fence around the waterways of Galway. That, that's just not going to work. So we have to do what we can in realistic terms. Uh, terms. Uh, so so I, I'm quite happy to, to say that I've worked with the executive on that quite well. Between, as I said, the, the engagement with older people and younger people, I, I think I have maybe broken down some barriers that some people now know that the Office of Mayor is attainable. It is, it is there to, if I want to get to it. It's not somebody's on a different level to me. It's just, I'm, I'm, as, I'm as common as anybody else. And, and, and I think if, if, if I leave that as a legacy, that the younger people in particular believe that they can represent their area, represent their community, and then for represent the city going forward. Uh, I, think, I think that's something I'd be very proud of. Yeah, the, I mean, that waterway thing, that's really important. You know, I've heard stories of people falling in, and it's because there's, you know, so many lifebuoys that, you know, 
because cling out cling out to the rocks for some of them you know people can only hold on for so long like it's obviously really important because more people fall like would just fall in by accident because i know people that have just fall in just by pure like to just slip and like it's important that you know they're safe obviously i think that's like really important yeah look that, that that's as i said that's ever ever changing there, there are stuff we can do practically on the ground um whether it be life boys or whether it be improved lighting or whether it be clearing back areas that are overgrown so the fire service can easier access to the water if needs be. We can do all these things uh, to try to prevent accidents. That, that's very, very important because, again, a lot of the recoveries from, from the water uh, in Galway, uh, and it's quite a sensitive issue and quite a topic, and, and, I, and, and more than many of your listeners, I, I, I've known people personally who went to the water in Galway. Um, but but it, it is a case that many will be by accident as well, and we, we need to do all we can to prevent the accidents. Yeah, uh, that, that's very important. There's stuff we can do uh, immediately. So whether it be lighting, whether it be signage to say this is not a safe place to go. So for example, I've worked with the crime prevention officer in Galway, uh, Sergeant Mick Walsh, and 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 Mick, Mick is, and I spoke uh, at length when I came in as mayor to how do we engage with the college students. So for example, he's gone in and he spoke to the first year students in both NUI and GMIT, and more or less said, starting with NUI in particular. Well, these are areas up up by the river in Newcastle that that are you don't travel up. You don't if, if so. If you've got students coming to Galway for the first time who are who are in accommodation up in Newcastle, whilst there might be a nice shortcut up at the back of the, uh, the, the Newcastle area, there, it's not safe. So, so I suppose the, the, the communication and, and 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 knowledge is 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 crucial here to tell students when they come to Galway first. Well, this is not a safe walkway. This is not safe to travel. So we've got signage up there now. Don't enter this walkway. So, so again, small stuff like that that we can do that will hopefully prevent accidents going forward. Our steps forward, um, certainly as a, as a as a council, and, and again, working multi agency. This is about go back to what I say about listening to others as well. It's always working with the HSC, working with the Gardaí, working with everybody else involved in the emergency services to ensure that we do all we can as a local council to protect the waterways the best we can as a um, by ways of practicality. Yeah. So. Uh, how and why did you get involved in politics? Oh, good like- question. 2009, I first ran for the local council. I was 24 at the time. Uh, I ran, I'm from Camelon Park in Westside. And I remember reading the, the Connacht Sentinel, which used to come out on a Tuesday. It's, it's, it's gone now. And there was a story in that paper about the ESB pylon that was in the Westside Park, a uh, big ESB pylon there. And there were two councillors quoted in that story. And I remember asking my mother who they were. I didn't know these councillors. Uh, and she, she mentioned that who they were to me. And I said, I hadn't seen them over in the park. I hadn't seen them at the door asking the residents, because my, my home house is right beside the park. They hadn't asked me about this. They hadn't asked us about the pylon or asked us the issues of the area. And I remember somebody else that was in the house at the time said to me, well, that's what councillors do. They, they, they just, they, they don't really engage with people until election time. And I said, that's not really right, I said. So... I said, well, I, at the time, and there, there, there were some excellent councillors representing my area. Um, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I suppose I'm more knowledgeable about it now. But I suppose at the time I said, well, there's no direct councillor in the Westside area. So, so why not put my name forward? So I remember saying to my father and mother, my family were never political in a sense of being elected or, or, or running for election. I remember telling them I was running for the council and, and as an independent. And I had their full support from the outset. And, and as, I had that for my family and my community in, in Westside and in Camelon Park and, and, and friends, of course. Um, I ran for I ran back in 09. I wasn't elected. I was I was I, I polled 450 something votes, um, which I suppose was quite well for a first time candidate with really no knowledge of what I was doing. To be very honest, um, but it was all about wanting to represent my community, wanting to be different to oh he only turns up at election time, wanted to, to kind of get rid of that mentality that politicians are just up there on a pedestal. They're different to me and you, 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite common, as I said, and I have no problem saying that. Um, I'm very proud of my upbringing in Westside. I'm very proud of my community in Westside. Very proud to be working class. And, and, and again, I think that community needed a voice. So that's why I ran. I, I, I ran as independent. I, I, I come back. I suppose I lost out back then. I then re, kind of set up my social media accounts and I, I started engaging in more issues in the local area, um, listening more to what was happening on the ground. I come back then five years later than that and uh, was first elected back in 2014. Uh, topped the poll there with the most votes in my area. And then did that again then back in 2019. It was first elected again with, with uh, just over a quota. So I think... Um, that's why it's, it's to try give my community a voice, um, but, but just to break down barriers that you don't just turn around, turn around and show up at election time. And you, you're not different to anybody else if you're in politics. You're there to represent the people who put you there, and you're there to represent your local community, which is very important. Um, were you happy to be mayor during the COVID pandemic? Yeah, I suppose um, I, I would have been happier if, if, if there was no pandemic and, and I could actually do what I wanted to do and set out what it, I suppose what I set out. But I, I think. As, as a person, I like to be challenged. I, I like to try and try new things, albeit a pandemic is something I didn't want to go try and to engage with or try and work in. But I, I think when I sat down at last April or May, when I realized that my whole diary was just wiped, everything was gone. I looked at my diary being empty and I said, well, what do I do now? Do I accept the salary and just stay quiet? Or do I just kind of shy away and say, well, the pandemic has, has, has kind of stopped me from working or, or, or what do I do? So I, I'm not a person to sit on my hands. So I come up with the ideas about engaging with the art competitions, engaging with TikTok competitions, writing letters to the elderly people, making phone calls to the elderly people, visiting the frontline workers, uh, visiting the, the, the blue light services, albeit just briefly just to say well done and thank you, just just to show them that as mayor of the city, that they're acknowledged and I, I thank them on behalf of Galway because ultimately I'm in my role and I'm, I'm Galway's first citizen, I'm representing Galway. So just even to call down to the lifeboat station at Christmas with a box of chocolates and say, well, thank you for what you've done for Galway this past year to drop into the Garda station, the fire station, the civil defence, the whole lot of more people that I could mention now that I called into on Christmas Day and just said, thank you very much for your service to Galway. Just small things like that that I, I believe had to be done. When you ask, was I happy to be mayor or, 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 at the time? I look back next year and I'd say, well, I was, but when all this is gone and I could tell my kids, my, my three boys, that, well, in a number of years time, my, my grandkids even, I could tell them, well, look, during the pandemic, I believe I played my part in, in just giving others that comfort that, that we are coming out the far side of this and I did my best to acknowledge those who were doing a lot more work than I was in the frontline work. Probably the biggest challenge we'd face as a city, and, and is, and, and economically as well, uh, it will be the biggest challenge we'll face to come out of this as a city and, and recover businesses and jobs and so on. Uh, and I think I, I, I played a small part in that to get those conversations started with others as well. I'm happy with the way I've conducted myself as mayor through the pandemic. I'm not happy as well as I was mayor in the pandemic, but ultimately uh, when people were losing their lives, people were sick, people were out of work. What was happening to me was irrelevant, to be very, very, very honest. I suppose now that your time is finished as um, mayor, what are your plans next as a councillor? Yes, look, I have three years left on the council. Um, very proud to represent the Galway City Central area. So I'm working on a number of issues that, that, that have, I suppose, gone on quite a while, a number of projects I'm working on. So there's a couple of projects that uh, um, would have been delayed because of COVID uh, that, that are in my area that I've worked on for the last number of years. I suppose they're starting up now again, or the work will recommence on a lot of those projects. So I suppose I would be able to devote more time to that. Um, it's very, very difficult, I suppose. As mayor, people don't realise that I also work a full-time job. The mayor, the mayor doesn't pay you to work to leave your job for a year. So I work a full-time job, nine to five. I have my council role as well. I have the role as mayor. And of course, I have a family at home as well. So, so, so uh, it, it's quite a full diary when you're, when you're mayor of the city. And it's, it's, it's hectic enough. And I think there's, there's an assumption out there that 
well, you're, you're full-time as mayor and, and you're all day doing mayoral functions and you're all day. And in fairness, my employer has, in O'Leary's insurance in Galway has been excellent. And certainly the first nine or 10 months when I was in and out of the office, maybe three or four times a day going to different events to, so to ensure I could actually conduct myself as, as properly as mayor, they support me in that. Um, so so it's, it's been a two years of a, of a really tough uh, balancing act, to be very, very honest, trying to balance, I suppose, the age-old work-life balance. Um, family life was there, my three boys and my wife. Obviously, my, my role as mayor, and I wanted to give it 100% as well, commit to the role. And I, I think there was only a handful, I could count on, on probably one hand, the number of functions I refused to go to or I couldn't make. I, I, made a, I made a conscious effort every single time an invitation came in to attend an event because, to be very, very fair, every invite that comes in, that person who invites you to that event, that's their only event of the day. That's their maybe their only event of the year. So it's, it's very important for them that the mayor of the city, our deputy mayor, attends. And, and I've, I've had two excellent deputy mayors in, in, dep- in, in Councillor Donald Lyons and, and Councillor Claire Connolly, who've been very supportive of me uh, throughout my time as mayor as well. But um, so between, the, between us, we've always attended some, some, all the events. But, but getting back to the next three years, it's to re- kind of refocus now on the, on the local projects, commit to my local area again. It's, it's quite busy. There, there are always going to be issues regarding housing and health and, and so on. So there's loads of issues to deal with on the ground. So I certainly won't be able to put my um, hands up and sit back and relax and, and enjoy the three years. I'll, I'll be handing over the chain and, and the following morning, just back into the normal role as a councillor. I think a lot of people don't realise that there is a full-time job involved there as well as, you know, county councillor. That's a lot like, and I mean, only not everyone can do that. I think it's, impressive that you for two for two years running now that you've managed to balance that i suppose after three years as county councillor or city councillor sorry is there uh, any plans to keep going after that or you know move on yeah look I, look I, i'm ambitious I, what i what i said back in 2009 and and, and then when i 2014 when i got elected was to, i've asked the people to go with central to, to give me a chance and I, i've always been very very clear if, if you believe i don't deliver for your area don't vote for me a second time but yeah. but Give me a chance, vote for me, uh, and let me try and do what I believe I can do for our area. And again, if, if people ring me and say, well, can I get this? I don't say, well, I'll, I'll do my best for you. That's a, that's a tagline. I tell them straight up, well, I can't get that for you, or I can't do that, but it'll take three or four years. Or I, I, I'm quite honest in that sense where you can't just tag people along to try and, because you're worried about getting a vote in three years' time. I, I don't believe in that type of politics. So... I, I, I've gone from 400 votes, uh, 400 odd votes in 09, up to 885 in 14, up to 1300 in, in 19. So my vote has increased every time. So I suppose I must be doing something right. So what, 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 I, what I'm saying is, is now three years time is a local election again. My ambition is to run for election again, to, to try to hold on to the seat I'm, I'm very honoured to host, hold. Um, but equally, I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious to try and serve in Dáil Éireann. Um, I, I've ran for the general election now a couple of times and that's what my vote has always increased in that as well but it's nowhere near a level where, I, where I'd be elected so w- what I'm saying again to, to Galway West which is right out and, and taking in the Galway East side and, and Coast Connemara and so on and, and across Galway City is, is, is give me that one chance to serve at national level and if I don't deliver at national level well then next time out get rid of me yeah. and that's fine but what, what I'm saying is give me that chance I think I've proven at local level and I've proven my two years as mayor that I can adapt and I, I, I can certainly adjust to tough circumstances would need to be and when someone when, when, when you need someone to roll up the sleeves and, and deal with a, 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 a crisis and that's putting it mildly uh, i could do that 
I suppose uh, my ambition is to, if if there's a general election in the meantime, between now and, and, and 2024, I'll contest that election. Uh, if not, I will try to hold on to the seat I hold. Uh, and if, if if at both elections I'm rejected, and if I, if I'm, if I lose the seat in 2024, I'll, I'll walk away proud. I'll say I, I've served 10 years and quite happily. And, and, and if I, if I said open up the door to a few more to say, well, I might do it as well. Well, I'll, I'll walk away happy. But for now, I've, I've no intention of going anywhere yet. Yeah. And as a, a TD, would you remain an independent or think you'd join a larger party? No, I'd stay independent. I, I, I don't think I'd last five minutes in a party because I, I, I don't believe, and I know, I know some, some, some excellent people in political parties and, 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 and I'm good friends and good colleagues and, and all political parties. But ultimately, I, I don't believe in a whip system. I don't believe in being told that, well, this is the party line. You have to tell that. You can't have your own independent view on something. Uh, and I'm I'm the first to tell you I don't have all the answers and everything. I'm not always right. I I, I can be very very wrong on issues, and that's fine. And I'll say I'm wrong. I, um, but but I but I I I work with everybody. And fair, in my in my seven years to date as a councillor, uh, I've been involved in, in in the controlling pact, as it's called, the controlling group of the city council uh, since day one. And in that in that in that seven years, I've worked with Fine Gael, I've worked with Labour, I've worked with the Greens, I've worked with Social Democrats, I've worked with uh, six other independents. Uh, and even in, in opposition, I worked very well with Sinn Féin when they were in the city council. So, so there's nobody, you no know, party that I haven't worked with uh, across the board. And, and my colleagues at the moment in Fianna Fáil, I, I work very well with in city council. So, so I suppose, I think, I think people get bogged down on that question about, will you be an independent? Well, or you won't have any say because you're independent. I think quite the, con- quite the contrary, uh, because if you're independent, you're open to work with everybody. And, and, and ultimately we're there, again, this is where I go back to what I was saying. Let, let's not let, let, let politics get in the way of progress. And, if I'm there as an independent, I'm quite happy to work with everybody for the better of Galway. Yeah. Uh, and not for the better of my cupboard or, or the next one come behind me. It's for the better of Galway. And if I'm told, well, you can't work with such a party because you're in, you're in this party, or you can't be seen to engage with them because we're in opposition, then that, 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 that slows down and derails the progress for, of a city. So, so what I'm saying is, look, give me a chance to go there. And um, if I've, obviously, I, I, I've served as mayor twice and, I, and I, I've got a... In fairness, my colleagues are very respectful towards me across the city council, all, all colleagues. I was, I was elected unanimously last time. Um, 17 other councillors supported my nomination. So I, I think I could go and bring that one step further now. I, I could bring that to the next level, to the national stage, and, and, and make sure Galway has a voice once and for all, and bring on that voice then that, that, that engages young people, that, that makes sure we have a say, and not just talk and gesture, odd listening here and there. We need to bring people with us and young people in particular. And that's why I wanted this year to bring people, young people into City Hall. I want them to see the, the, the progress, or sorry, the, the process of a meeting. I want them to see the council chamber, to sit in the mayoral chair, to, to, to host and conduct a meeting and discuss the issues of the day. Whilst it would be, I suppose, a, 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 not an official council meeting, but would, would, would have shown the students of our secondary schools, well, this is what happens if I put myself on a ballot paper to represent my community going forward. And my ambition, if I was in Dollar, would be to continue that. Keep, keep, keep bringing young people along, because if we don't encourage young people to get involved in politics, uh, it's going to be a very, very sad day when, if, if in thirty years' time you're still listening to me, there's something on seriously wrong. We, we, we need to make sure that young people have the confidence to engage and, and the belief that they can make a change. And, and if I can do that at local level in the next three years or whenever maybe that, that that my time is up at the local council, and if I can do that at a national level, um, that'll be one of my priorities to make sure that that confidence is there and, and, and there's a pathway there for young people. What do you think is needing in Galway City for young people, like facilities and stuff? 
Yeah, I, I suppose, and that goes back to what I say about engagement and listening. We, we, we have, obviously, at the moment, the City Development Plan, which is the roadmap of the city. So every seven years, the, a roadmap is done out for a seven-year plan for the city and how we want to develop facilities and infrastructure in particular. In the last number of months, in fairness, most community groups now have engaged with councillors and, 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 and meetings on Zoom, given ideas of what needs to be developed in terms of facilities. There's no point in me and my colleagues sitting around the table saying, this is what we need for Galway, X, Y, and Z. And my first question then will be, well, who do we ask? You know, who's, who, who told us we need this? So, so, so what we're doing now is we're, we're doing a huge engagement process for the last number of months because the city development plan is, is, is coming out of this summer. So over the next week, weeks and months, we will have huge engagement with the public before we vote a final plan for the next seven years. And that will then dictate what's needed. There's no point me saying we need five more soccer pitches when I know for a fact that we need an advanced skate park. We need an area for, uh, last evening uh, online, for, I suppose, the, the Goa Dog Club, for example, we're, we're, who, who were left out of their home in Lisbon. Do we need to provide a development plan, a place for, for that? Do we need, a, actually, I spoke to a lady last week, do, do we need to actually designate a beach for dogs? Because people bring the dogs to the beach to get all sorts of people giving them out to them. So we need to put in our plan. So for young people, we're saying then, do we need a dedicated dance studio? Is one that's coming up my way in the last few weeks. Do we need a dedicated, say that, for example, the, the area down Taylor's Hill that was going, that's going to be a dedicated um, art gallery and art studio for young people? Do we need to advance that bit more? Do we need more indoor community drop-in centres? When we're asking those questions to, to yourselves and to, and to the community groups in particular that we're meeting over the next over the last few weeks and next few weeks and months before we adopt and finalise our seven-year plan, those questions will be asked and hopefully answered. And that then gives us a roadmap to what we actually need as councillors to adopt and bring forward into a city development plan. If we're lacking in certain areas, well, then it's on us to deliver that then. And you want to get that information by asking the question and engaging with people and don't make assumptions that what people need. So that's what's been done in the past and that's not worked. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the best way to find out what people want is to ask them yourself. And you won't always, you won't always get what you want, but, but you have to ask the question. If you don't ask the question, there's no point in me guessing what you want. Yeah, I think that's everything. I want to thank Ashley for co-hosting as well. And of course, I want to thank you as well for give, giving us your time, you know, joining us in the interview. No, that's great. Look, and fair play to 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 the uh, more forgiving hosts I've had. Thank God there was no real tough tough uh, scrutiny of me. But um, look, some very good questions. I think you're, you you've shown ambition that you firmly believe that young people should have a voice going forward into facilities, into infrastructure, which is important. Uh, and again, uh, I, I said at the outset, uh, I have huge respect for Youth Work Ireland and Corden Oak and the work that's done to give young people a platform to get their, their voice across and. Um, I still class myself as young as I said at 35 people might disagree now I'm getting that bit closer to 40 but uh, I, I think we, we, we just have to be careful that we don't go down a road where young people don't see the road, road map or a pathway into politics that, that, that's very 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 important we have to make sure young people feel they have a say and they will have a say and, and that's why we're engaging and I, I've, I've engaged as much as I can as mayor and as a councillor um, to give young people that platform so and in this podcast is usually important as well that will, will I suppose, introduce me to people I don't know, people, people who will listen and, and join your blog. They'll get introduced to me as well. And for anybody who listens to this um, podcast or anyone who engages with the blog, uh, if you have any individual queries, reach out to me personally. There's no issue whatsoever. I'm on all the social media channels. Bar TikTok. Well, I'm on TikTok. I haven't started on it yet, uh, posting, but I'm on TikTok. But I'm on Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so on. So if people want to reach out to me with any individual queries or, or ideas for Galway, our concerns, don't be afraid to reach out because, again, it's about listening and engaging. And then that, that's how we have a better go away going forward then. Thanks very much. Thank you. No problem at all. You're very welcome.